good. Just trying to stay dry, you know? Right. Another episode of Stick a Fork in it. You know, of course, we're in Tampa Bay, Florida at Feeding Tampa Bay. And although it is hurricane season, it is also some crazy storm season that we're uh, experiencing now. And as an organization, um, we have to protect those that in our care, but we also have to protect our team. So we want you also to pay attention to a lot of closures, things moving around. We just want to make sure everybody's safe. And that's just a regular storm time. So today we're doing it in case you missed it. We have Jim Carpenter on our team, who is our weatherman of sorts, keeping us all known what's going on. He sits on all the EOCs to make sure from a county standpoint and the counties that we serve, that we know what's going on. You know, Ev, and he does a lot more, which is why we're just going to kind of replay his wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he's the guy that, he keeps our warehouse fully operational. He's helping with the construction. He's the point man on the construction of our new location. He's uh, He wears a lot of hats, and they, they stack pretty high. <laughs> they do. So we decided, guys, just take a listen to Jim once again, all of his wisdom about being storm ready, and that we've got this. Stay safe, my friends. It's time for another episode of Stick a Fork in It, and I've missed this. Right, yeah, yeah, we've I've been, been away like, for a minute and busy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit busy. A little bit. A little bit busy. So it was first preparing for hurricanes, mm-hmm. then of course, um, you know, the anticipation yeah. of it hitting us here, and then of course it went to our neighbors in the south. Right. So we've been in quite a journey. We've all been very busy supporting because we're part of an amazing network mm-hmm. um, that all locks elbows together and leans in no matter what comes our way. Yeah. So. We missed our last scheduled fresh episode, but we're back this week, That's and right. I'm—I really thought that it would be really interesting to remind people about feeding Tampa Bay, how we provide community stability right. in blue skies and gray. And I got that quote from a coworker and friend of ours, Jim Carpenter. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you very much. It's mm-hmm. been a spell. I, yeah. It has. <laughs> so your role has changed. I think significantly you have a lot of you're juggling a lot of things now compared to before or no. Well, uh, so I was previously um, I joined Feeding Tampa Bay in 2016 as mm-hmm. director of operations. And then uh, when COVID, uh, when we started getting into the land of COVID, mm-hmm. um, we expanded our workforce and we expanded our, our talent pool here at the at the food bank. And that allowed me to break off piece, a couple pieces that I was already handling in my operations mm-hmm. hat as it were um, but to really give them the the focus and the attention that they needed and deserved we brought in some fantastic people uh, to, to fill the operation seat um, but so now my, my role my title is director of facilities and disaster response and that you do very well. You're the you're the storm watcher. Well, I'm responsible for most of them. So right, the disasters, the disasters. <laughs> and then yeah. I just clean. And up then you afterwards. fix them. Exactly. And your and exactly. your team behind you. It's called job security. So right. I remember us right. I remember us talking um, like when this changed, and it's really was your favorite part of what you do, right? For sure. It's, you enjoy. It's you know I I came from a a management a restaurant management background, and so. The, the best part of that job was the Friday night with a two-hour wait and things are just falling <laughs> to pieces everywhere around you. And you get to tuck your tie in your shirt and throw your 
two or three aprons on yep. and just go save the day and be a superhero for a few hours. Yep. Um, and that feeling of response, that feeling of of teamwork and effort and attaboys all around mm-hmm. uh, was is just phenomenal. It's a huge adrenaline rush and. In in the facilities role, you know we have we have five facilities that we're responsible for around our our, our area. We've mm-hmm. got Trinity Cafe on Nebraska. We have Trinity Cafe on Bush Boulevard. We have Feeding Pinellas over in Pinellas County. We have the the Sly Middle School location where we're currently doing our culinary training with Fresh Force. Mm-hmm. We of course have our main warehouse. We have another warehouse. Yes. So that's enough of a nice warm fire to keep me kind of busy and and yeah. going uh, throughout the year. But then um, I want to make sure that, you know, we it's not just hurricanes that we focus on. Yeah. There's a lot of other uh, incidents and accidents and things that happen throughout the year that we're a part of and we respond to. But hurricane season obviously is the big thing where mm-hmm. you're watching the Chirons and you're watching uh, what's what's next coming down the pike, so to speak. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that um, in blue skies, as we say mm-hmm. – uh, it's it's great to to get ready and to prepare and to make right. sure everybody has the tools that they are going to need to mm-hmm. respond, and then of course in gray skies it's it's take action taking action yeah. absolutely yeah. But then we're prepared because you know part of your role in those blue skies is having us prepared, having us ready, having uh, things in order. Mm-hmm. So when you know we're talking hurricane today, but when any crisis comes across, we all activate and take care of things. Well before, um, it's been my experience in my five years in hunger relief, well before the actual crisis hits. It's amazing to me that we are so ready um, when that time comes that we're needed. Well, you know, and it's it's funny because we're sitting here talking about hurricanes, but COVID was yes. – was, was the thing that nobody knew what was going to happen, how long it was going to be, how long it was going to last. And and the thing that we kept saying around here is that we are very good at running sprints. We've never run a marathon. Mm -hmm. We don't know what those legs feel like. And our response to COVID, that was disaster response. That was getting further out into the community than we've ever been. That was putting more of our boots on the ground than we've ever had. And my biggest fear coming out of COVID and into hurricane season was that the community, the nation, the, the, those people that are in the field professionally were going to be fatigued, yeah. that we were Weary. going to be fatigued, yeah. that, that it was just going to be, you know, we'll get through it somehow and we'll mm. figure it out. I've never been more surprised about something in my life than to the response to this hurricane season from the community groups that we're a part of to that that we partner with from the the coads and the voads and the emergency operations centers mm-hmm. there was the exact opposite yeah. of this fatigue or this lethargy it was we look what we did mm. right and and boy let's just keep let's just yeah. keep plowing on we can do it again kind of like you said the rush that you get um i you know, when you talk about, you know, emergency response, uh, the EOC, you talk about feeding Tampa Bay, any of those partners that leaned in, it's kind of like, I feel we all get that being needed rush, mm, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, it's time. Like, now we need to do what we need to For do. Sure. And, and that was proof of it, right? Because we came right out of that, settled a little bit, inflation kind of bit us, mm-hmm. but then a hurricane and everybody's kind of leaning in. Yeah, yeah. So... 
tell us about so we're you know we're just post hurricane ian for how many days a week yeah it's been about a week it's a week it'll be a week or yeah, two weeks there there are still obviously counties oh, yeah. that are still in uh uh declared emergency and disaster response there are our south counties yeah um and our food bank our sister food banks to our right. south that are still responding on a daily basis still have workers that are displaced and yeah. and there's a lot going on that we you know it's obvious but for us um that last minute jog to the south was uh, uh another wake-up call really right. for us that getting prepared being prepared being ready and as a food bank and especially part of a food bank network such as feeding america or feeding florida it's great to know that we are part of that network mm -hmm. to jump in when mm -hmm. one of our sister food banks, or in this case, two of our sister food banks, are really, really struggling. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's not to say our counties didn't feel effects and didn't suffer and, and are not still recovering, but the decimation and the, and the horrific um, pictures and videos that you see coming out of Fort Myers mm -hmm. and, and that area is just um, our ability to go... Yep, you know what we're hand, we're holding our own. What do you need? How right. can we yeah. help? Right, and we even have like today we have a team a teammate down there that's gone in to help with volunteering, mm -hmm. BJ Santiago, um, and then they're leaning into us for our expertise because they're really crippled at this time, you know. And it's so we're just we're really still in it, right? Um, but it, it's it's kind of an honor and a privilege to do that. Yeah, absolutely, and it speaks to. Uh, not just the network of the food banks, but the reliance of the state on our partnership and commitment to to the state's efforts and to FEMA's efforts in these times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, it was actually after Irma, where the state had all of the reserve food and all of the reserve water, the, the MREs, Meals mm -hmm. Ready to Eat. Mm -hmm. um, they were housing them in, in one or two locations across the state. Well, when Irma came through and it took its historic jog, right. it hit literally the the area surrounding where they were storing most of oh, their wow. of their emergency immediate food relief. Mm -hmm. And so Feeding Florida, the, the network of 13 food banks in the state of Florida, um, went to the state and said, we already have the networks in place. Right. We already have the agencies. We have the, the knowledge of the communities, who is where, who needs what. We need to be part of this literal first response mm -hmm. in getting the food out in the one, two, five days after the event. What can we do? How can we help? So the state took an unprecedented move that's never been done before, and they put their trust in us, and they said, you have warehouses, you have personnel, you have inventory systems. Right. Would you let us store some of our emergency meals, emergency water with you throughout your network across the state? And then in the event that a state of emergency is declared, we could release missions. They're, they're called missions whenever a call comes in that an area or a neighborhood or a, um, a first responder group needs help and support. They come in as missions. We would release those missions to you, and you can be those right. first responders getting that food immediately out. And so we started that after Irma, and it's worked really, really well. And the same held true for, for Ian because right. – um, Harry Chapin Food Bank and, and All Faiths Food Banks to the south of us were so heavily hit, they weren't able to get 
trucks on the road. FEMA wasn't able to get the National Guard down there until they were sure that the truck that the roads were safe. Mm-hmm. And as you recall, after the initial storm went through, there was a few days where okay, let's assess the damage and stuff, but then come the floods. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then the roads are now, uh, and you were even talking yeah. about taking a group down there to to, to help and assist. Yep. And and you reached out to me and you said, what does it look like? And and on Tuesday, I said, looks like everything's fine. Yeah. I-75 is good. Everything is good. And on Wednesday, okay, yeah. now there's floods. Oh, and, yeah. and the, It's not so good anymore. The, yeah. the, the road's <laughs> under two feet of water for a few days, wow. so we have to wait. Right. But... We had the MREs, we had the water, yeah. and so we we not only shipped it down to them and out to our agent, our neighbors in need, but we also got in another twenty five truckloads. Uh, since the day before the storm, we received in eight truckloads of water. Uh, the Saturday and Sunday after the storm, we received in another ten truckloads of MREs, another five truckloads of water. Since then, we've received in another four truckloads of water. Wow. Um, but to be part of that network and to be part of that spider web of yeah. of it's what it looks food. like yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's as we're moving yeah and and to have the ability to call our sister food bank and say what do you need yeah. how can we help mm-hmm. well we don't have any of this or any of x or y right. so we will send a tractor trailer we will send drivers we will send the food and support that they need right mm-hmm. and then the really cool thing for this you know we're talking about the state of Florida but Houston Food Bank yeah. drove in when they thought it was coming to us right they for started sure. heading this way um, it moved further south they stayed here and helped us with our four counties that were hit yeah. uh, pretty bad. And then they've now moved on to from moving food from here at Feeding Tampa Bay down to um, All Faiths and Harry Chapin, right? Absolutely. And in fact, we're going to see them of a few of them again today as they come back up from Harry Chapin to pick up loads of food here oh. to transport back down to, to Harry Chapin. Yeah. So something really interesting, you guys, if you want to go to Feeding Tampa Bay's social media pages, we're going to be putting some posts out so you can meet these great guys mm-hmm. that came in from Houston. They're amazing. And, you know, it's a calling what we do. And um, one of them um, just mentioned how he'll be here as long as he's needed, you know, and and that's pretty big. But what that leans into is for what we do in our work in hunger relief is no matter what, like blue skies and gray, it's about community stability. Mm -hmm. So Jim, really quick, just so people, I, my purpose for talking about that is being, um, building confidence in our community, knowing that we're there anytime, knowing how we prepare. So can you briefly just share how you prepare when you see something coming? You know, we get these, we're on this Zoom network where we can chat with each other, but you're giving us updates way before it's even a threat. So just kind of explain your thought processes through that and how we know to prepare and get ready. Oh, sure. Ian was interesting because we had had not, it's been a weird season, right? Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, at the beginning of the season, I believe they said there were going to be 27 named storms oh. and there were going to be 15 major storms. Yeah. Um, hasn't panned out that way. Hasn't right. necessarily panned out that way. And so um, what I do on a daily basis during hurricane season is I'm looking at trusted weather sources. I'm looking at the the National Hurricane Center. I'm looking at Dennis Phillips. I'm looking at all of these different uh, sources that I trust Mm -hmm. to see what's coming off of the coast of Africa, because that's typically where all of these storms will originate. Ian was interesting and, and I mention it because it's funny to me um, before I even broadcast it out to the food bank that this is something to keep an eye on. 
about two days before that, I wrote to the CEO of the food bank, um, and it was it was literally halfway around the world at this point, but it was developing. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote to Thomas and I said, I think this is a thing we need to be aware of. I wow. said, I don't know why I feel it. I just, right. it was a little bit further south. It was a little bit further to the equator than the rest of them that had been popping up and presenting. So yeah. they were typically being blown back up into the Atlantic where this one was a little further south. And I wrote to, uh, to Thomas and I said, we need to keep an eye on this one. Mm. I don't know why, but I think we do. If it's going to be a thing, it's going to be our thing. Right. Um, and then as it developed, sure enough, that was yeah. that was the thing. But it's really just paying attention to what's available and also being able, to, and it's no magic trick, It's but it's parsing out the noise and parsing out you have to really discern who is trying to give you information versus who is trying to get ratings. Right, and, absolutely. And that's the real challenge because yeah. a red Chiron at the bottom of a screen with flashing letters saying there's a development we're keeping an eye on, that'll bring viewers right. because that's who we are. Right. But it's it's the folks like, like Dennis, yep. um, again, uh, that goes... Eh, you'll, yeah. you're going to hear about this. It's not a big deal. Um, you still want to pay attention, obviously. Mm-hmm. But spaghetti models, I think we've all become more yes. familiar with spaghetti models <laughs> in the last five years than we've ever read. Right. But it's fascinating to see even how the experts can be so uncertain right. just because it's weather. You know, yeah. we're, we're these little yeah. ants on a little log <laughs> in the middle of a river, <laughs> and, and we're, we're pretending like we know what's going to happen. But the best technology, the best information that we have is out there and available at this time. It's just parsing out what's important and what's not. Right. And so that's step one, obviously. And step two is communicating that out to the rest of the team in a way that is likewise yeah. not... Hey guys, this could be really bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not getting called. In fact, I disabled on that Zoom channel. We have a storm tracker Zoom channel here at the food bank. I disabled all of the uh, the commentary on that because I didn't want there to be noise. Right. I didn't yeah. want there to be. Should we be boarding up our windows? Should we be doing this? Yeah. Should we be doing that? Because it creates uh, panic. It, it really does. Yeah. And yeah. I just and so and you guys know my my reports are. Here's what the news is. Yeah. Here, here's what's being reported right now. Right. We'll know more in three days, five days, seven days. Um, the most recent one that I posted uh, last week was, here's a really good example of if you're trying to figure out who to watch and who not to watch, because I don't want anybody to rely on me as their weather source. Right. I want, them, I want the food bank to rely on me as here's a, a conglomeration of yeah. weather sources. But... For your home viewing and for your personal consumption, we just recently had a couple systems that were moving across the Atlantic into the Caribbean, and it was very clear that these were not going to be a thing. Right. They were too far south, and one of them, uh, Joyce, was that her? It wasn't Joyce. Hmm. It, the one that just went across the... Oh, um, uh, Julia? The, yes, yeah. Julia, yeah. Okay. absolutely. Everybody pretty much knew that was not going to be a thing for Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's not lessening its impact on the people that, that were affected, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we knew it wasn't going to be our thing. So I just put out a, a thing on our new, our Zoom channel that said, if you want to do a test of whether or not you're watching somebody that's trying to get ratings or trying to protect you, 
pay attention to what they say about this storm system. And if they say, we're really keeping an eye on this, and this is something we really need to keep a watch on, Maybe yeah. maybe you yeah. should watch Dennis, you know, because <laughs> I Dennis love fest. Yeah. Be, because I guarantee that Dennis Phillips is not saying we really need to keep a, an eye on this. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Phillips was saying this is something that's going to turn into a storm, but it's not going to right. be our storm. Right. Mm-hmm. We care for our neighbors, but right. it's not us. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. Dennis Phillips. <laughs> rule, number, rule number seven, love fest right, right here. Uh, Jim, one last thing sure. um, is preparing. So I was talking with another uh, news source and they were explaining that, um, you know, we pay attention typically on that inner cone, like that red zone oh. area. And usually, but really um, I got some really good advice from him is like, you need to pay attention and be prepared in that complete cone, mm. pay attention to the whole thing. Mm. Um, so is that something that oh. you've, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the one area that I did hype a little bit mm-hmm. on the zoom is is we have a propensity to do that right we yeah. see the cone we see the yep. line in the middle of the cone we go oh it's 10 miles away from me i'm fine <laughs> but um if you look at the size of a storm yeah and you look at the state of florida in yeah. comparison to the size of the storm uh, ian was f- four times the the width of florida oh, yeah. mm. You're going to get yeah, affected. You need yeah. to prepare. And, and whether or not you're in the cone, out of the cone, that you need to prepare. You, you need, need to, to be ready. And yeah. and that speaks to another thing that we do kind of all year long. There are community organizations where anybody can get actively involved. And uh, the there's groups, county groups, local yeah. groups, regional groups. There's uh, organizations that are called VOADs, which is Volunteer Organizations Active in Disasters. Mm -hmm. There's also COADs, which are Community Organizations Active in Disasters, um, where it's groups of folks just like us, just like um, Salvation Army, the Red Cross, that not just during hurricane season, but all year long, we are meeting, we are discussing, we're talking about trainings that are available. We're talking about uh, doing uh, dry runs or tabletop drills to where you can, okay, here's a, a perfect, not a perfect example, but um, the Piney Point yes. uh, levee yes, that broke. Yes, yes. You know, that was completely out of the blue in the middle of beautiful blue skies and the right. beauty covid was still happening but it was kind of lessening a little bit but all of a sudden out of nowhere this levee breaks yeah we contacted the folks down there and said what do you need how can we help and they were like what are you talking about <laughs> and we said we heard that there's a problem with the levee and we we have does right. anybody need help is anybody going to be displaced is there anything that, right. that you need the next day, we were sending food and water down, not to the folks that were displaced, because that hadn't even happened yet, but to the first responders oh, yeah. who right. were who were there working those 24 hours to try to get the levy to maintain integrity. Mm. And the EOC down in the county said, oh, you guys are calling us before the state's calling us. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Because we're, we're, we're ready. We're like, yeah. well, we, you know, we don't have anything else to do. No, that's not <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> Just 95 my, yeah, million right. meals. Exactly. Out, you know, exactly. We got nothing. <laughs> exactly. But I think that's what suits us so well to lean into the storm like yeah. that is that for us and for the people that we serve and the, our neighbors in need, the storm isn't this named 
monster that comes three or four months out of the year, the storm is in their life every day. And our response to that storm is every day. And so when you talk about sharpening the spear and getting ready and being prepared, the things that we do, COVID taught us Hey, why don't you, you know, we we already did mobile pantries all through our 10 yep. counties, but in areas that could probably really use the extra assistance, send semis, send yep, two megas. semis. Go go to Tropicana Field, go to Hillsborough Community College and set up there. And we, you know, initially we were like, oh, this will be a three or four week thing. Yeah. And we're still doing it. I remember it. that conversation. Yeah. You know? Right, and we are still doing them and mm-hmm. people and for instance when you know, Evan and I were out there a lot in our, our comms team. You know, we had been in those locations before, although we c- were able to cut back from COVID, but people know them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. down in Manatee, where our megas are, here in, in Hillsborough County, Pinellas County. Okay. So yeah. it's it's now something out of COVID created something that we can rapidly respond so quick that For someone sure. doesn't do without food or water. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really just an it really is an honor to be a part of a team that does that and oh, that has sure. that prepared. And Jim, I want to thank you for explaining that, that our, our community can count on us, that there are people forever watching to make sure that we're stable, that we have what we need, because you can't fight other battles if you don't have good food right. and water. Right, exactly. So um, we just make sure that that gets out there. And um, after this, we're going to have uh, stay tuned and we're going to share with you Dennis Phillips <laughs> and his rule number seven. <laughs> thank you guys so much. I hope you're safe and well. Please pay attention. We are still taking care of those in the south and our four counties that are hurting. So if you'd like to help us, go to feedingtampabay.org. Mm-hmm. Anything else we got, friend? I think that covers it. Yeah. All right, <laughs> folks, that's a wrap and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. You know, this whole rule number seven thing, I mean, it kind of, that's probably where we should start. It's kind of crazy. Back in 2012, you guys probably remember Hurricane Isaac was coming. The RNC was here. The Republican National Convention was here. And we had a hurricane that was coming close and everybody was freaking out. And the entire time, I was real confident that the majority of that storm was going to stay offshore. And we'd get some, you know, some nasty weather, some gusty winds, but it wasn't going to be any kind of devastation or it really wouldn't require a lot of cancellation. So I literally in five minutes just jotted down these, these rules. There was no reason for it other than just... You know, look for the trend. Don't look for each model run of back and forth. You're going to go crazy if you do. And and my last rule was don't freak out unless I'm freaking out. We're fine. And that just happened to be rule number seven, the seventh one that I looked that I posted. And as silly as it is, it kind of got legs. And it it just was the kind of thing, rule number seven, rule number seven, don't freak out. And and then it kind of turned into a thing where the way I look at hurricane preparedness is how in the world are you going to make a decision that's going to help your family and protect your family if you are freaking out? You need to take a breath. You need to kind of get used to, you know, what is going on and tr- go to your trusted source of information, wherever that is, and kind of go from there. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Feeding Tampa Bay. <laughs>